The Weekend Warrior, every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. On ESPN LA 710. Dedicated to you, the fan who works hard all week and slugs it out on the court, the field, the big box store, and the honey-do list all weekend long. And helping you cope as you come to the realization you're not 19 any longer. Here's board-certified orthopedic surgeon Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai for 33 years and counting. Oh, what a week I had in the operating room this week. The challenges of being a surgeon, literally. Someone's life in your hands. I had an emergency surgery I had to do this week with the great Dr. David Colber right by my side, and it was really fantastic. And yesterday, doing a surface replacement in a young man's hip, 40 years old. I love when their rep says, you know, nobody in Los Angeles is doing these anymore, Dr. Clapper. They're just too hard. Well, why did I decide that I'm still going to be doing them? Because I see too many young 40-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 20-year-olds who can't walk because their hip is bad, and I don't want to do a hip replacement. So I went and learned how to do this operation from England. It's called a Birmingham hip. And now over these years, it's been, I don't know, probably 15 years now, that's what I do. You literally go home the same day. Andy Murray, the tennis player, is playing tennis with a Birmingham hip. Tiago Splitter, remember him? Play, playing in the NBA. Isaiah Thomas, not the Hall of Famer, but the young one. He's playing in the NBA with a Birmingham hip. You can't do that with a hip replacement. My good friend, Dr. Ed Sue, who's been a guest on the show, is really at the forefront of this, and I'm the West Coast version, and I love it. I definitely need a shout-out because we're going to talk. Well, let's just get into what the topic's going to be this Saturday. It comes from the fact that I was notified that a book has just come out about Diego Maradona, who unfortunately died at age 60. But in 1986, during the World Cup, which is about to start, for the World Cup in 1986, this 5'5 inch Argentinian soccer player, Diego Maradona, changed the world. He pretty much showed us that there was Pele, the greatest of all time before him, but possibly someone greater than Pele is playing soccer. And in 1986, he scored two goals in the quarterfinal against England that people still talk about. Go on YouTube, you'll watch it. One of them is, and he fully admits, he actually touched the ball with his hand, which is illegal. And it's on TV. It's the World Cup. Everybody sees it. But the ref did not call it as a a penalty, a foul, illegal. They didn't disqualify it. They counted the goal. So when they asked him after the game, Maradona, you used your hand to push the ball into the net. He said It was not my hand. Really? It was the hand of God. Literally. You type in hand of God. 
It may be Michelangelo sculpting in marble or Dr. Clapper using his hands to do surgery. Because trust me, I believe the hand of God is involved. But it's Maradona. And what totally redeems him is he scores a second goal in this 1986 World Cup. He literally takes the ball and weaves himself through the entire England team and pops it in for a goal. So everybody has to be quiet because he's actually that fabulous. So this book comes out. And one of the writers said to me, because they were interested in promoting this book, I asked him, okay, so what's the big deal about Maradona? If it wasn't for Dave Denholm, who, by the way, is going to be our guest at 8.15, I'm so excited, I wouldn't know the damn thing about soccer. L.A. would not know anything about soccer. Dave Denholm is totally responsible for bringing soccer and his love and his passion to the forefront. But I asked this Jamie Fahey, who is going to be our guest from England, what is it about Maradona? And this is what he said. He played with the joy of a child. And that stuck in my head all day. Joy of a child. Well, you know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, the world of surgery. That's what the Weekend Warrior show is all about. The similarities, connecting the dots of those three worlds that I'm passionate about. If you find one topic, subject in one area... Look for it to find it in those other three areas. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Steph Curry. Every little kid, his jersey is number one. Every little kid wants to be Steph Curry. Somehow he connects with kids. It's not because he's short, he's six foot three. He's a full grown man, he has a beard. But he has that baby face. But it's the way he plays. He takes that ball before anybody else in the history of the NBA outside of Curly Neal of the Harlem Globetrotters and decides to shoot it at the half-court line. You better guard Steph Curry at the half-court line or you're going to pay for it. Every little kid sees that. Well, a little girl in Napa, California, Riley Anderson, nine years old, idolized Steph Curry. And she's playing basketball on her local girls' team. Went to the shoe store to buy Steph Curry sneakers. Curry fives at the time. Now they're up to Curry God knows what. It's like the iPhone. I can't keep track. And guess what? There's no basketball shoes for girls. There's no Curry fives for girls. And she tells her dad, he's my favorite player. He plays with the joy of a child. I want to wear his shoes. How come they're not in the store? And her dad says, you know what, Riley? Write him a letter. You're going to hear sound bites of what happened when this little nine-year-old girl who plays with the joy of a child because she is a child taps into Steph Curry. Guess what? Under Armour, God bless him, not Nike, not Adidas, not they now make Steph Curry shoes. For girls, because of this little girl. It's an amazing story. What about in the world of art that I love so much? The world of music. Who could tap into the joy of a child? 
Well, in 1958, Leonard Bernstein, the greatest American conductor of all time, he wrote the music for West Side Story. Stephen Sondheim did the lyrics, but the music was composed by Leonard Bernstein. Well, in 1958, he recognizes the joy of a child in music and takes over Carnegie Hall in New York, brings the New York Philharmonic Orchestra and packs the crowd with just children. He called it the Young People's Concert. And he trying to teach children the beauty of music, the meaning of music. And you're going to hear episode one where he asks this crowd of children, what does music mean? Because even as an adult, he wants to play and compose with the joy of a child. It's as much about him learning about kids as kids being taught by him. You're going to hear that. But this week, or last week actually, we actually heard the joy of a child. It's relatable to Maradona because it's about soccer. But this is a full-on grown man. Two of them. Mario was actually there also. But listen to Dave Denholm. The passion's not even enough of a word. His joy, and we're going to talk to him at 8.15, that childhood love that he has for the sweetest sport, the beautiful game they call it, soccer, you can hear it. This is a radio show. I want you to hear the joy of a child in a grown man. Rebecca, let's play it. Here's the cup. If Elias Sanchez can put this away, LAFC will win. Sanchez for MLS Cup. Ilié, the right foot. (laughs) (laughs) They did it. They did it. LAFC have won MLS Cup 2022 on penalties. I don't know about you. Joke for LA Football Club. (laughs) Champions. Champions. But my throat is sore, and I'm not even screaming like Dave Denholm. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Maradona. What exactly does it mean, the joy of a child? And you know how much I love the world of food. Well, Maradona's from Argentina. So here's my shout out. My week was so challenging this week in the operating room. Thanks to my physician assistant, Sandy Lee, being right by my side. But also in the operating room, right by my side, was Varajan Debanian. I love this man. And he brought me this week something from Argentina. And the best, the best thing about Argentina is something called chimchurri sauce. Do you even know what that is? It looks like liquid marijuana. And I don't smoke that stuff. But if you if you crushed marijuana and put it in a bunch of olive oil, that's what this stuff looks like. Chimchurri sauce. My mouth is watering already because they put garlic and some green stuff and olive oil and oh my God. And you smear it on a fresh baguette, which I did because he gave me a jar. Dr. Clapper, he said, yes, Verjean, 
Thank you for helping me all week on these challenging cases in surgery. I love you to death. 38, 33 years I'm working with him. Here, I brought you something from Argentina. Well, it's not really from Argentina. It's from the best Argentinian restaurant in L.A. And they make the best chimchurri sauce. Oh, and, and he is right. And I am going to tell you where that is later in this show. It was an awesome connection for me. But let's listen to where this starts, just as a preview. Let's go to the Young People's Cons from 1958. Leonard Bernstein playing the William Tell Overture. Listen to this. Let's go to red one. No, green one. Okay. Now, what do you think that music's all about? Can you tell me? God. That's just what I thought you'd say. Cowboys, bandits, horses, the Wild West. I know my little daughter, Jamie, who's five years old and who's sitting up there, agrees with you. When she heard me play this piece, she said, Ooh, the Lone Ranger song. I owe silver. Now, you got to remember, that's Leonard Bernstein in 1958 talking to Carnegie Hall filled with kids. But what you're about to learn is the man who wrote this is not a cowboy, is not from the Wild West. He's Italian. His name is Rossini. He doesn't know one end of a cowboy from another. And yet, that William Tell Overture, full on sound, it sounds like the Lone Ranger. Let's hear the William Tell Overture one more time. Listen to this. That's right. The way they make the, he makes the sound is when you use that bow with the violin, rather than smoothly going across the strings, you bounce on the strings. That's how you make it sound like horses and hoofbeats. This is why you think it's cowboys and Indians. Well, coming up next, we're going to get into this wonderful topic of life. Whether you're a plumber like Vincent Laportio, an IT like Jody who's trying to fix the white orbit right now, I don't care what you do for a living. Be like Rebecca. Come to work with the joy of a child. And we'll get into it. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 710. 710. 
with Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. The best entertainer. Forget going to the movies. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. So the Clapper was looking at the flapper. Can you imagine how cool that was? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Now, why would Rebecca be playing... Leon Russell, with one of the greatest albums ever made, because it was the only album I owned for a while. Couldn't afford any more. Singing a song about a tightrope. Because our beloved Cooper Cup on Wednesday had an operation on his ankle called a tightrope. A high ankle sprain. We need to understand what exactly that means. This is a season-ending injury, typically. The state of the art right now is if you tear your ligament in your knee, your ACL, season-ending injury. Achilles tendon, season-ending injury. Well, a high ankle sprain has been a season-ending injury until... Reinhold Schmieding and Arthrex came up with an invention. He makes so many of the tools we use in sports medicine. When I fix rotator cuffs and ACLs, we can't do a surgery nowadays in sport without using Arthrex. It's an amazing company, and it's the brainchild of Reinhold Schmieding, a friend of mine based out of Naples, Florida. God bless them. But it's called a tightrope. Here's a clapper vision for you. You need to hang a wall, a painting on a wall. How do you do that if your wall is made of drywall or sheetrock? Well, you drill a hole. You can't just use the nail because it'll pull out of the chalky nature of the sheetrock or the drywall. So how do you hang a painting? You drill a little hole. And you know what that toggle bolt looks like? It goes through the hole as a pencil shape, needle shape, horizontal rod. And when it gets through the hole on the other side of flat wall, it rotates and becomes horizontal versus being vertical. In other words, it turns 90 degrees and it captures the back side of the wall so that you can now hang that pin and hang the painting. You follow me? Toggle bolt to hang a painting. Well, if you look at your foot and ankle right now, yeah, you can see your foot go up and down through your ankle joint. But your shin bone is the tibia. There is another small bone living right next to your shin bone, the tibia, and it's called the fibula. These two bones 
come together. On the big toe side of your ankle is the tibia, but on the little toe side of your ankle is the fibula, a separate bone. Why would, we, why would God make us with two, two bones? The reason is your ankle is not just a hinge joint going up and down. Your ankle needs to rotate. It needs to invert and evert. Because you're not walking on concrete all the time uh, or hard dirt. You walk on sand. You walk on gravel. You need that flexibility to turn to deal with different terrains. And the way that can happen is if there's a fudge factor, that there's movement, not a single bone, but two bones with a ligament in between called the syndesmosis. Well, when you have a high ankle sprain, you are ripping that canvas-like connection between those two bones right at the ankle joint. A low ankle sprain, different. You're not ending your season because of a low... But if you rip those two bones apart, the syndesmosis tears, you're out for the season until now. We essentially drill a hole through the fibula and pass just like a toggle boat pass it through the fibula, through the tibia, parallel to the floor, a horizontal hole, and we pass a wire-like structure that's attached to sutures that allow us to now squeeze these two bones together. The fact that the Rams are terrible, and we, I would prefer Cooper Cup not to come back this season because we're not going to make the playoffs, and donor, same thing from Matthew Stafford, Take your sweet time, young man. Your wife is right. Take it easy. But he's a football player. He's, of course, he's going to want to play, so I'm sure. God bless him. But Cooper Cup, take your sweet time. But he could come back this season, no doubt, because of this amazing advance in our technology. So there's your clap revision for the tightrope and why Rebecca is playing the Leon Russell song. Before I get into Leon Russell... Leonard Bernstein and the Young People's Concert and the Joy of, of a Child in Music. The lines are all lit up. So let's let's take one right now. Let's go to Ron in San Juan. I hope this is San Juan Capistrano because you're not calling in from San Juan, Puerto Rico. <laughs> no, it's San Juan Capistrano, Doctor. Thank God. All right, Ron. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 66, and I'm a construction superintendent. Wow. Then you understand what measure twice cut once means. Yes, I gave you a hard hat to read that once. Oh, God, great. Good to talk to you again. All right, Ron, tell me Uh, how I can help. Well, I called, and I talked to you, I don't know, it's probably been two months, doctor, and I had these numbness in my feet, right? And so I've seen everybody. I've seen... Uh, neurologist. I've had the nerve conduction test. Now they sent me to a uh, pain management company that wants to in, do an epidural, and, and I'm not sure if that's just gonna if it masks it or if it's if you think I should have that done. That's why I'm calling. All right, Ron. Can I give you a construction workers' clapper vision to help explain why I don't think it's a good idea? Yes, sir. You've just bought a house. It's a, it's a teardown. But now all of a sudden you, fear, you realize you're going to have to flip the house. 
You can't hold on to it. You did it as an investment. You, can, you don't have the money to, to really rebuild it the way you want. So what's the first thing that you do, Ron? You go to the paint store and you buy a ton of paint. It's the same crappy house, except now it has a brand new coat of paint. And guess what the real estate agents will tell you? It's worth more. You haven't done a damn thing structurally to the house. You just painted it. And guess what? Everybody feels better because it looks better. But that house is still going to fall down with the next earthquake, the next hurricane, the next big wind because it's still a crappy house. You need to change the two-by-fours. You need to structurally get the beams different. You need to change the roof, the plumbing, whatever. But just painting the house does not make it better. But every realtor will tell you, you just made the value because it looks better. That's what an epidural is. That's what, that's what Robitussin does. When you're coughing, give me, get me Robitussin so I'll stop coughing. Give me an epidural so I don't have the symptoms of the stenosis or the herniated disc in my back. Does it make it better? No. So you got to recognize it has, it has its function. I'm not saying people don't get them. But if you're calling for my opinion... No, I hate that stuff. And the first question you always have to ask a doctor, I don't care what their title is, what's the side effect? Is there a side effect with this treatment? It could even be taking an aspirin. You better say, well, you could get an ulcer. It happens. It affects. It's, and aspirin's about the best drug ever invented. It's an awesome drug. We use it to prevent blood clots. We, we use it in, in, you know, for your heart to keep it healthy as you get old. It's an amazing drug, probably the best drug ever. But it also has side effects. I'm not saying don't take an aspirin. We love it. But don't tell me it doesn't have a side effect. So what's the side effect of taking an epidural? It's cortisone. It's not, it's right. not going to correct the problem. It's a short-term fix. It's paint on that crappy house. It looks better. But you know what? You're the guy that I'm going to ask, Ron, should I buy this house? It looks beautiful, Ron. Look at that. It's shiny. It's glistening. The sun is on it. It's gorgeous. Dr. Clapper, that's the same damn house that it was last week ago. It's got termites. The damn thing's going to fall apart. It just looks beautiful now. They just put a coat of paint on it. Really, Ron? It really looks great. I'm a layperson. I don't know from houses. It looks great. Wow. It's touching my heart. It's beautiful, Dr. Clapper. The termites are still in there. The wood just looks a lot nicer. I mean, can you you could easily imagine having that conversation with me about this house that I'm so excited about and you telling me, take it easy, Dr. Clapper. It just has a coat of paint on it that's fresh. Does that give you a Clapper vision for what I think about epidurals for your treatment? Yes. There Perfect. you go. Um, but I, a real quick question. I know you're busy, Dr. Um, what preventive or what is, is back is back surgery necessary? Yeah, I mean, some not people, in I, a lot of pain. I'm not a fan of spine surgery, Ron, at all. But listen, yeah. if you can't pee, you got a foot drop, and your your rust is building up in your galvanized pipe. You can either call a plumber and rotor rooter the pipe, which Vincent Laportio has some kind of compressed 
water uh, jet thing that he puts through the pipes and breaks up all the rust. Yeah, it works. I didn't have to get new copper pipe. He flushed out all the rust with that gizmo. That's what an operation can do. But you got to go to someone that I trust who isn't just going to look at you as another opportunity to get a paycheck. You need a real doctor that I trust to tell you, yep, that's what you got to do next. So I have a few favorite spine surgeons that I trust. I'll give you two names. One, Pat Johnson. He's at Cedars. He's the best. And the other, Lionel Hunt, H-U-N-T. You call one of those two guys. They're at Cedars-Sinai. And if they, te- you, and, if, and if they tell you, Ron, that you got to have a rotor-rooter of your spine, then I trust them. Then that's what you should do. Very good. Thank you so much. I'm glad I called. Now, listen, young man. You're, a, you're really not a total stranger, but you're kind of a total stranger. I right, Look at what I've done for you today. You go find a total stranger today. You do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. All right? I'm I'm going, doctor. I'm going to. Thank you very much. God Dr. bless Bob. you. And I'm not too busy to take your call. It's my pleasure and honor to do that. That's why I became a doctor. God bless you, Ron. And thanks for calling. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. Coming up, you got to hear. You got to hear what Leonard Bernstein did to these kids, teaching them. You got to hear what Steph Curry did, playing with the joy of a child to a little girl and has changed the world of sports making basketball shoes now for girls who want to play basketball. Playing with the joy of a child. That's today's topic. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 710. Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm Big Clap. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. That's right. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. We are the world. The joy of the child. That's today's topic. Let's get back into it. Let's play that William Tell Overture once again. This is 1958, Carnegie Hall, Leonard Bernstein. Right? Aren't you hearing the, ca- the the horses, the cowboys, the Indians, the Lone Ranger, high O Silver, right? Now, what do you think that music's all about? That's right, Tell Leonard. Tell me. That's, that's Leonard Bernstein. That's just what I thought you'd say. Talking to a... Cowboys, bandits, horses. An audience filled with children. West. I know my little daughter, Jamie, who's five years old and who's sitting up there, agrees with you. When she heard me play this piece, she said, Ooh, the Lone Ranger song. I owe silver. Continue. Well, I hate to disappoint her, and you too, but it really isn't about the Lone Ranger at all. It's about notes. Mm. E flats and F sharps. You see, no matter how many 
times people tell you stories about what music means, forget them. Stories aren't what music means about, at all. Music is never about anything. Music just is. I've always thought music is kind of like a language. So the adult teaching a child a language. According to Leonard Bernstein, it's not a language. It's a feeling. Music enters us differently. Number three. Music is notes. Beautiful notes and songs put together in such a way that we get pleasure out of listening to them. That's all there is to it. And when we ask, what does it mean? What does this piece of music mean? Then we're asking a very hard question. And that's the question we're going to try to answer today. Mm. Now, it's a funny thing about this meaning business, in music anyway. When you say, what does it mean? What you're really saying is, what is it trying to tell me? What ideas does it make me have? Number four. Just like words. When you hear words, you get ideas from them. If I say to you, oh, I burned my finger, then immediately you get an idea from what I said, or some ideas. You get the idea that I burned my finger, that it hurts, that I might not be able to play the piano anymore, or that I have a loud, ugly voice when I scream. Lots of different ideas like that. That's words. But if I play you notes, just notes on the piano like that, those notes don't tell you any ideas. Next. Those notes aren't about burning your finger or Sputniks or lampshades or rockets or anything. Well, what are they about? They're about music. Hmm. For instance, take this piece by Chopin. Beautiful, isn't it? But what's it about? It's not about anything. It's about a feeling. Going back to that Lone Ranger song, let's go to number 10. And so, whatever music means, it's not the story. Well, what does it mean? That's what we're going to find out. Now, let's take the first step to finding out. Remember the piece we played at the beginning? That Wild West piece of music. Well, for one thing, it can't mean the Wild West for the simple reason that it was written by a fellow who never heard of the Wild West, <laughs> an Italian named Rossini. It's unbelievable. He doesn't know one end of a cowboy from another. But he can make you feel like you're listening to galloping horses. Next. Eleven. An Italian named Rossini. Uh, we think his music means cowboys and horses and the Wild West because we've been told so by so many movies and television shows. But Rossini really wrote this piece as an overture to an opera called William Tell, which is about people in Switzerland, which is pretty far from the Wild West. Well then, maybe the music's supposed to be about William Tell and Switzerland instead of about cowboys. Is that what it's about? No. <laughs> it's not about William Tell or cowboys or lampshades or rockets or anything. Wow. And finally? Then what makes it so exciting? Well, there are a million reasons. But they're all musical reasons. That's the main point. For instance, take the rhythm. Which is like the rhythm of galloping horses. 
or like the rhythm of drums in a battle. But that doesn't mean that the music is about drums or horses or battles. The meaning is only the excitement of that rhythm, you see. Leonard Bernstein, filling an audience in Carnegie Hall in 1958 with kids to teach them about music, for me, is as much about realizing that Leonard Bernstein has tapped into his very own joy of a child to become a conductor and a composer. I think that's the secret. Keep that wild-eyed, the future is bright excitement for the rest of your life. People who can do that, they have a rich life. Not everybody can do it, but everybody should. Coming up next, you're going to hear this type of story, the joy of a child and learning from it, where the adult gets as much benefit as the child in Steph Curry and a little nine-year-old girl who wrote him a letter because she idolized him and wants his shoes. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. <laughs> We're stuck here. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Don't listen to them. Don't even listen to Betty Crocker when she tells you how many minutes the brownies should cook in the oven. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710 home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. The great Axl Rose. Guns and Roses. Talk about a contrast. That's for sure. Today's topic is special because it's it reminds me of Kobe Bryant being interviewed on Jimmy Kimmel one night telling Jimmy Kimmel you know when I was a kid I slept with a basketball that's what ultimately inspired him to make that animated film that he won an Oscar for he wanted you to know how much he loved the game of basketball, so much so that he slept with a basketball. Kobe Bryant kept that joy of a child throughout his career. Well, there's a basketball player who gets it, who does it the same way. And just like Kobe inspired all of us, no matter what we do for a living, to work hard and give it our best and then work even harder. Steph Curry does that too. Steph Curry inspires kids like no other basketball player. Is it the way he looks? 
Is it the way he plays? I don't really know. But the best part about it is Steph Curry knows that's what he's doing. And he's got a heart of gold. So listen to the story that will enrich your weekend. And it's about Steph Curry and a nine-year-old girl. Let's go to Red One. You have to really make sure you have control of the ball. You gotta look for somebody open if you have, and not stop your dribble, although I stopped my dribble. <laughs> She's competitive. She's very, very competitive. I'm trying to dictate the way the game goes and she has her own ideas of how it goes, but she's a good point guard. While playing point guard for her girls' CYO team, nine-year-old Riley Morrison from Napa, California, models her game after her favorite NBA player. Steph Curry. Steph Curry, number two. He's a really good ball handler and I hope to be as good as him when I'm older. Is there a medic in the house? Oh, he just got crossed over. When it came time to get basketball shoes, Riley knew what she wanted. The ultimate upgrade. As she and her dad checked the Under Armour website, the Curry Fives were listed in the boys' section, but not in the girls'. And it's a different world now, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Title IX. And as an orthopedic surgeon, guess what that means to me? Well, you've got as many girls playing sports as boys, five times the number of ACL tears in knees occur in girls versus boys. Soccer, field hockey, whatever they're playing. They ain't playing football like men do, although that's a whole nother debate. But they're playing basketball all right, and they're hurting themselves five times more than men because of the anatomy of their knee, because of the anatomy of their pelvis. Women have a wider pelvis than men because they have to bear children. Well, if the pelvis is wider and you still have to get to the knee from a wider place, that angle when you jump and land on the knee puts more valgus, more of a knock-kneed angle on the knee, and that stress puts the ACL more at risk. The shape of the bone in the femur is a little different in women. They've even done a study looking at menstruation and the time of the cycle and the, and the, the timing of when the ACL is torn, that maybe there's even a hormonal reason. Whatever it is, five times more. Fine, we'll fix them. Go play sports. Thank God the world is different. Next one. There were on the girls and I... That made me disappointed. Boys aren't any better than girls. There's no difference. That's right. She looked at me, she goes, Dad, that's not fair. (laughs) I said, hey, why don't you write a letter to him? So Riley (laughs) sat at this dining room table. Dear Stephen Curry, I'm nine years old from Napa, California. I'm a big fan of yours. And after figuring out some bullet points, she batted out a handwritten letter to Steph Curry. Hmm. Next. It really just came from her heart. And uh, she didn't want it to, she was never angry about anything. And she even said, she's like, I just think he doesn't know. Did you think you had any special connection with Steph because of your name? (laughs) Um, Well, in the letter I did write, um, 
My name's Riley, just like your daughter. <laughs> Riley's dad posted the letter on social media. It went viral. That is one smart little girl. She used whatever influence she had. Your daughter's name Riley, I'm Riley. You better read this letter, Steph Curry. Next. Then, on the morning of Thursday, November 29th, I woke up, opened my phone, and opened Twitter, and I'm reading this letter, and it says, Riley. And it took me a few minutes, and I realized this is a letter from Stephen Curry to my daughter about shoes. Wow. He said he was sorry that they had listed the shoes as boys, and that he was fixing the problem, and that he would send me a pair of Curry 5. I was shocked. I didn't know what to say. He wrote back. Awesome. Next. She just kept saying, he wrote back, Dad, Dad, he wrote back. Are these one of mine? Please? Yeah. I think she got six large boxes of gear from him and multiple pairs of shoes. This is amazing. And then on Christmas, there were two boxes that were from Steph Curry with the Curry Sixes in them. Riley, from Steph Curry. Let's go to the last one on red. It was two basketball players and encouraging words around it. Be fearless, courageous, girls hoop too. Rock the Currys, ruin the game. She knew it was all kind of about her using her voice. And I couldn't fathom what it would be like as a girl to always have to buy something in the boys section. And I just accept it as a norm. But now hopefully that's changed. What do you think you've learned from everything that's happened? That just by simply writing a letter, you can change the world. And you don't have to be rude. You can be kind and respectful, and it'll change it. And here's what Steph Curry did. He didn't just send her a box of shoes. He told Under Armour, we need to tap into the joy of a child. This little girl should, should help us design the shoe, the inside and the outside. Let's go to yellow one. It turns out not only did Curry read the letter, but also it inspired him and Under Armour to change the way they market the shoes to girls. Yeah. But they didn't stop there. They invited Riley to design the artwork on the inside of the latest version of the Curry 6 shoe. I wanted to make sure she was a part of that, and so it's, it's awesome to be here to, to see the entire story come full circle. Is that amazing? Next. It's um, two girls playing basketball and then encouraging words behind it. But I'll let yeah. you do the honors. Just pull straight down on that lock. It should be open. And now it's time for Riley to see firsthand what writing a simple letter can do. what's inside. It's cool. That's cool, right? Yeah. It's definitely built up my confidence. Before, I wasn't very confident. I was really shy. So this definitely helped. How much pride do you take when you see that, knowing it's yours? Can you even describe what that's like? No, <laughs> she can't describe. That's good because she's a kid. But Steph Curry can describe it because he's a grown-up. But he's a grown-up who understands what that energy is—the joy of a child. How Maradona played soccer. How I am a surgeon. Whatever it is that you do, don't lose that. Listen to finally 
to Steph Curry, and you can feel it. It sounds like Dave Denholm calling that LAFC game. In his voice, you can just feel the power. He's going to change the world by letting us all realize the power of tapping into the joy of a child. You sparked a, a nice big movement, for sure. And uh, we get to represent it together. That's it. <laughs> I'm like a footlocker specialist. I'll grab that for you. <laughs> yeah. The timing of Riley getting her shoes is no coincidence. Later tonight, she'll wear these new kicks center court at the Warriors game on International Women's Day, standing right alongside her idol and one-time pen pal. I want, when I grow up, to be just like him. I just want to be able to do, it will at least be as good as he is. He is. I want my girls to know that and have that confidence. Um, as a father, I think that's a, that's a job we have every single day to hopefully shape their perspective that they can do whatever they want to. Well, he's now my favorite player. There you go. Wow. For him to recognize all these athletes you hear that walk right by the kids, not giving them an autograph, not recognizing, this is their loss. They're stupid. Not Steph Curry. When he takes that ball and shoots it from the hallway of the stadium. You ever see him do that? The tunnel that they come onto the court? Part of his practice, he shoots from there. Goes into the stands, shoots from one of the seats, shoots from the half-court line. Who does that? A kid does that. Steph Curry does that. And we all should do that. Coming up next, we'll get into today's topic. But I also want to explain something about a broken clock. There's a broken clock near where I scrub my hands for surgery. I'm almost happy it hasn't been fixed. Coming up next, I'm going to explain why. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. The number is 877-710-ESPN. 